0: Back after popular demand, it's Footy Prime Springtime Blowout Sale. We are overstocked with hosts, and we'll pass the savings on to you. Drive away in a brand new James Sharman only $139 a month. Or this 2019 Craig Forrest, only $239 a month. Plus Canada's largest selection of convertible Brendan Dunlop. Plus you won't find a better price on a Jimmy Brennan, only $339 a month and zero down. And we always give the highest trade-in rate for your used Dan Wongs. So hurry in to Footy Prime Springtime Blowout Event, where you'll score a goal of a deal. Offer not valid in the United States, Canada. Or anywhere else on the earth, all hosts come as a battery's not included. Let's get this party started. Happy birthday, Mel! One
2: hundred thirty-nine bucks a month—that's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. If if Forrest is two thirty-nine and
3: and Brennan's what three thirty-nine a month, I'm one uh, thirty-nine. A good one. He would be like premium, it. though. Fullbacks, what? speedy fullbacks were always premiums. Use Wonger is great. Yeah, that's all I ever am. I'm a used <laughs> yeah. up Wonger. I love that I'm the convertible.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Open top, open top Dunlop. That was great. J.C.'s got some fire lately, eh? <laughs> yeah. Fire that kid. Yeah. He's great. And also, happy birthday, Mel. That's yeah. J.C.'s missus. That's right. Happy birthday, Mel. Yeah. W- well happy deserved. Birthday, the woman behind the man. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was baby, great. That baby. was great. Welcome to Footy Prime. Sharman, Forrest, Dunlop, Brennan, Wong is here. Um, Champions League semifinals been pretty good so far, haven't they? Not bad. With the yeah. exception of the World Snooker Championship, is there a more dramatic, more compelling, more brilliant theater in the sporting realm to watch than these games right now? They're incredible. I mean, even the, the group phase is great this year, I thought, but has not disappointed at all since we've hit the knockout phase. It's been just... Oh, hold on. We have to talk about the
4: Crucible. It's getting a little bit loud in there, a little bit rowdy. The referees bit... have to keep telling me quiet
2: like I've never heard. Like You know the best part about that, Greg, is, is so English, is when they, they'll stop play <laughs> and they'll say, please keep the sweets down. Because they're Russ and the rappers and the sweets, the candies. Yeah. <laughs> and they having to stop playing because there's somebody some in the stand getting his gumdrops in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I didn't know what Forrest was referencing. I thought he was talking about church. The Chris Theater, baby.
2: Well, it kind of is. For uh, it's, it's a church of snooker. They might move, though, eh? Did you hear that? Uh, yeah. The, the players are complaining it's a bit cramped now. It's not the same capacity as some of the bigger venues, obviously, in London in particular. Five years now left on its uh, contract, and they might either build a build a new one or move it. Can you imagine the World Snooker Championship not being in the Crucible? B.
3: No, I mean, what a shocking result! How would it ever be the same? Mm. No. <laughs> you have no idea. I thought it was. I thought forced was talking about a fucking church. I had no idea what they were on about. The, reason Who's it was the name one of, the of the venue. Best Canadian snooker players: James Sharman. no,
0: My Bill Wurber- Werbenick, Cliff a Thorburn,
1: Bill Werbenick.
3: He's or dead at Starburn, Cliff Thorburn dead. was was no like
1: twenty pints before a game. The guy was massive, but very very good. Cook Stevens too was was fantastic. A couple of right, Vancouver what about, boys. What about the other one? Uh, who was he? The guy from Quebec, Alain Robadoux. Alain Robidoux. what a player mm-hmm. he was.
2: Yeah, he was good, too. He had the, uh, the fuzzy hair and the little pencil right. the mustache, right? Remember that? Oh,
1: I remember
3: him, yeah. Are there any sober snooker players? Like I feel like They, are now,
2: they
4: all
1: are officially. now. They all are now. The game's yeah. changed. Really wasn't well, it like...
0: Uh, wasn't it Ronnie, like... Ronnie's not. Booze it? and... He's pretty clean now. They, it was booze and those pills that calm you down. That beta was blockers. Beta blockers, right? Well,
4: that was, that was uh, Bill Verbenek's deal. Yeah. That and up to 22 pints during a match. Can you imagine?
1: That's unbelievable, and he's still one.
3: Bud lights and downers. Mm. Some might say it's the same thing.
1: Even yeah. listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a very good dart player. I don't want to pat my own back. I'm Division Two champion in Newmarket Aurora area North region. And
0: uh, <laughs> he's a dart fond player. of
1: himself, eh? Hey, hey I, I don't fond of I don't, himself. I, I, I thought he was much, Division One. But, when it comes but to there darts, you go. When it comes to darts, I'm a big dart player. I love darts. But even now, when you watch the Premier League of darts. They're all slimmer. They're drinking water. They're not boozing. No, like they're the not. They're yes, they they slimmer. They're
2: slimmer than they yes, were. Yes, they, they are. Slim.
1: They're not like they used to be. It's they're still not allowed fat to pastits. anymore. What do you mean they're I mean, not allowed? Well, because they can't, they can't drink on TV anymore. Oh, oh, okay. They might not be drinking, but they're not exactly the fittest group. And they work hmm. out now. Look at Darth Maple which was the Canadian champion. Do you remember him? Was that mm-hmm. John Part? John Part, yeah. Yeah. Good player. I mean he's retired now. Did you but say his name was awesome. Darth Maple?
0: That was his nickname. John his Par- nickname. Darth mm. Maple. Hey Sharms, you have a, a Twitter uh back and forth with one of our uh, Twitter guys followers. Is it Bergman? Sandy. Sandy. Is it Sandy?
2: No, Bergman's a snooker fan. It's Bergman oh, yeah, the Snooker yeah, fan, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, guys- he's got a table in
2: his in his garage at home. Yeah, he's invited he's us up to Kawarthas, right? I'm trying to find a club out here where I live because I just love the game so much.
1: Let's go. I'm down for that. I'd love to do it.
0: Okay. We'll meet up my girl's flight. got a, a, a snooker table at her uh, cottage slash house. What slash, size is it? Uh, pardon? Full it's size. Not, it's, it's, full, it's a big house. It's a big pool table, but not. it's not a snooker 6. table. Yeah. Right, right.
3: Wait, I have a darts question for Jimmy because uh, my cousin Jay almost killed me in Bahrain because yeah. my... My darts removal etiquette was so poor, he wanted to smash my head in.
1: Let me guess, you moved the board.
3: No, I didn't move the board. But we were, I mean, not because you're a competitive player. You're in the you know, Europa Conference League of Darts. You're a competitive <laughs> player. You must use your own darts. But we were sharing the same three darts, right? So I would grab them, and I would like take the two, but then I would cup the third one, with my finger so that in my hand, it was like more perpendicular. So it was two of them. And then the third one would make like an H and I would hand it to him that way. It, would, it was one handed pass that would, re- would require a two handed
1: reception. Yeah. And he was furious by this. Well, because but then was... you start messing around with the flights and it's not good, man. And you shouldn't really share darts. respect I would never let you touch my darts. <laughs> right. <laughs> never. <laughs> what let about, you what t- about t- your, or your bum t- and you're never going to touch my bum hole that's definitely not
3: i haven't seen you since we've started doing the show together you've been a part of our family for four months i haven't met you yet it's true so but i get it
2: though dart so it's a bit like snooker like don't touch my cue either yeah like bring your own cue i don't like you touching my cue the tips a certain way it's been procured it's being manufactured it's being just just played with the right well, way the a, sandpaper
1: it's you're right because you look and, and i'll be honest with you guys right i'm sure you're lovely and you're probably all clean but i don't want your dirty hands on my darts and i don't want them on my q tip or my cue? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so just for some background of the situation <laughs>
4: You guys could touch my cue anytime. <laughs> yeah, that thing.
3: Ah, that thing no is all man. messed up, all gnarled and old, no. and Stand you know? at, he's standing in a queue with his cue out.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, take us into the um, the average football clubhouse, club room. You know, yeah. there's often snooker tables in there, right? It's a big sport. Uh, pool
1: tables. On pool, oh, pool tables, yeah, not snooker pool, tables. Pa- pool tables, probably some ping pong. Yeah, Jets? ping pong was big when. Table tennis. When I was, uh, when yeah, I was there's a not player. enough we room. Had... Really,
4: snooker mm-hmm. tables take up a lot of space. Yeah. What about foosball. You can get a couple pool tables in there. Foos no, was I a never... good game.
1: None of none of my clubs had foosball. It was always uh, table really? tennis, or we had a pool, like but the British pool, right? We had the yellow, yellow and yeah, the solids. Balls. Yeah, it's, it's not eight balls. balls. It's nine ball, right? Isn't it? No. I do you it? remember? Remember when you go to the yellow club and, and red? You yeah. have the yellow and red yeah. balls. Yeah, yeah. We said that. Better uh, rules too. Can than, you find
3: uh, the North American rules? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, can you find a foosball table in York Region, or if you ask for that, you'd get punched in the face? Because my experience when I moved to Toronto, I was like, "Hey, uh, we're playing yeah. foosball," and the guys like, "Bro, it's jits." And I went, yeah, what did you say about jits? J- j- Why j- are you calling it jits?" He's like, "No, bro, jits, bro, it's jitoni." I'm like, uh, yeah. "It's foosball," and they didn't let me play for like nine rounds. Buddy, if, it you're,
1: if you're up in, in York region and you're in Woodbridge, you're in Vaughn, Richmond Hill, Markham, Newmarket, there's, there's just Tony everywhere. Hmm.
3: But you can't say the F word. Like north of Steeles, foosball is pff, retired. Who, the f- who says foosball? That's what I'm saying. This guy's so York region, Jimmy. It's all jits, man. Jimmy Brennan. Nah. You're so Italian, bro. <laughs>
1: it's all jits. Jits everywhere.
3: What the fuck are you talking about? All of you. I don't
1: Jits even is, think I, I guess, saw the foo- a foosball table. This is Jitoni. Like, the Jitoni. table. If, table if, you play,
3: if you wanted to play foosball and you went north of Steels and you asked like, to play foosball, you'd either politely be directed to a Jitoni table or you'd be punched in the mouth.
2: You know, I'd say that this conversation is ridiculous, but then if the listeners have heard the conversation before we press record today, this is actually quite normal. So we should probably move on to the, uh, the old football
1: talk here. We got our own things um, going up here in York. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it only took nine minutes to get to yeah. football. But he, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, going back into the club well, room. So football kind of
2: is. You, oh, Jesus. So <laughs> you guys are all competitive athletes, right, playing at high-level football. When you when you go into the club room, you know, wherever, the lounge, you're playing table tennis, you're playing pool, playing jits, whatever jitz, you want to call it, jitz, are you as competitive to a man or or is it like that's your your chance to unwind or do you really want to beat your opponent at, at ping pong for example you want
1: to beat your yeah, opponent yeah you want to kill him at mm-hmm. tabletop so you want to be the best you want mm-hmm. to kill him yeah you want to kill him man
2: like mm-hmm. when you play your opposite yeah. number like, like the guy going for your shirt were you playing Gareth Bale at Southampton Jimmy Craig were you playing Shaka at West Ham and he's trying to beat the shit out of them
4: well it wasn't maybe Shaka but Steve Lomas maybe, but yeah, you want to, you want to, uh, yeah, but being at the top of table tennis wasn't going to get you in the team. It
1: wasn't, but it put a, no, but at least it give you you a little bit of pride. Yeah. Like if I was at, when I was at Southampton, it's, I need to beat Danny Higginbottom or Kenwin Jones.
2: So the, so the coach never made his selections based on who won the, the table tennis game the
1: week before? No. I mean, at the time, it was George Burley, so I think you guys all know what George Burley was like. I don't... He didn't give a shit about all that. If you had a good pint and you, and you <laughs> were out in the town, he'd be all over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was he an old school manager? Oh, George Burley? Oh, yeah. You crazy? Mm. Anyway...
2: Let's try and get this back somehow to the Champions League. I don't know how we managed to go. I think
3: our listeners are very enjo- like much enjoying our Jatoni talk and
2: yeah. Well, let, let's start. Let's start with City against Real Madrid, shall we? Right, an absolute classic. Even even it seemed that like Real in defeat were kind of smiling and feeling pretty good about themselves because you know City was so great in that match, but Real held on and found a way. To Claw back I think twice from two goals, maybe three times and two goals down wherever it was, right yeah, so, so yeah. do you think it's one of those defeats that for them felt more like a victory as opposed to city on you know on the way to training this morning, thinking, man, we really had a chance there to blow this team away, and we didn't do it yeah
4: yeah, yeah, city will definitely uh, be feeling that it should be over, and uh, Real Madrid will be absolutely you know delighted. Luckily, thing for city is there's no away goal rule anymore, <laughs> so yeah. that's that's huge. I think we've actually I've seen. seen don't you think you've seen guys would agree? I noticed that without the away goals rule, the matches do seem the first matches seem to be played differently. They'd be more yes offensive, mind you. Via Real, you can probably say that about them, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like they just seem to be more. Not so worried about. There was the that one. I agree with you. There was and... one
2: when Real played PSG in that. Remember that first leg of PSG Real, and Real was so defensive in that one. But that was the only one, though, because because generally speaking, they've been far more open. You're right. Mm-hmm.
4: I was like, worried Juventus. about that. I thought they would be really, really, really defensive and not worried about a nil. Mind Juventus you, you get to this stage of the. Uh, of the, you get to this stage of competition, the quality is so good. The offensive side is so good. So it's uh, it's quite amazing to watch, actually.
3: I'm happy we, with the away goes rule. I was just going to say Juventus Real is the example I can think of where when Villarreal went to Juve, you thought, you know, if, if, uh, Villarreal didn't attempt to go for it, um, that they would be burned. And if they did attempt, then they would probably b- be burned on the counter. And Juve didn't push, and Villarreal did, and won in the second leg 3-0 away, which was massive for them. I forget what the first leg specifics were. Villarreal won at home, I think. But either way, remember that second leg, that guy kind of being the, the first, like, yeah. oh, wait a second. The removal of this aggregate rule, the way goes rule, might actually bring to all of our benefits here.
1: That's uh, true, uh, but if I if look if I if I'm Man City right now, we're you're not panicking because you know you're going to score goals against Real Madrid. Real Madrid they've conceded against PSG, they conceded against Chelsea, a lot of goals they've conceded, a lot of goals against Man City. Man City, when they played, who was it Sporting and Athletico conceded what one, one goal. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Man City and I'm going to the Bernabeu. I'm not worried because you know you're going to get chances. You're going to score goals. Mm. And I, I think a they're gonna go, they'll go through. Man City 100% will go through. I got a question for both of you.
3: You look at these teams, right? Real Madrid are the, the best, most recent example anyway. These teams that in the last half an hour are totally different, can be world beaters. And I can't pinpoint <laughs> it. It's not as simple as saying it's just a fitness thing. But you know that Real Madrid are never out of it. Right and against Man City, perfect example. They got that penalty. Benzema hit a Panenka for Christ's sake. He missed three of his four pen- last penalties. Champions League semifinal. Nah, I am just gonna go down the middle of Panenka because I am the fucking best striker in the world right now at thirty four. <laughs> How do you prepare against a team like that that can really like turn it on and find that extra gear in the last half an hour? It seems like something that you just you can't prepare for.
4: This is part of the problem, I think, you know, with for Man City that I don't think they'll be worried about that because, like Jimmy says, I think they'll score goals, but it's hard to prepare because you know that they have that. And that's why I would say going to go through City because they have yeah. that ability to, if they, you know, they could come out and score, to have that in them, which is pretty interesting. Like I said, the but quality and there's
3: specific to the matters. end, though. Specific specific to the end, I think that for me, the viewer, that's what's so exceptional is that it's this team that looks flat for an hour or, you know, the the entire first half. And then somehow in the last 10 minutes, find this gear where they can, you know, from an international example, if you think about Portugal against Hungary. Yes, Portugal was the better team throughout, but they didn't score until the 84th minute and then they won 3-0. And like Real Madrid are that type of team for me in the Champions League. Where they seem like they're outclassed, they seem like they're out of the game, and then they find a ten-minute, twenty-minute, twenty-two-minute stretch. Boom,
1: and they world beat you. Yeah, they, I know you're. I know you're getting it, but I don't know. I think uh, I think City's got too much for them. Um, mm. I think they're, you know, they got too much going forward. I mean, you look, Madrid, <clears throat> they scored two plus a penalty, right, and city were up 3-1 i think before they got the 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 next goal so they city will know that they can they're going to score they're going to get their chances against real madrid just like every team that's played against them scores goals right but yeah you you've, you've got to be careful of you know benzema and 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 junior and and the rest of them when they go forward but you know they're they're going to have their spell of possession they're going to have their opportunities but I don't think defensively they're they're sound. I really don't. I think they concede too much for a maybe, team that wants to win a Champions League. They're they concede way too much.
2: Maybe the secret though is to just out. You keep possession, keep the ball away from them in that last half an hour. You got the midfield to do it. If you're a City, right, keep possession. Yeah. If you give a team like Real Madrid opportunities, be it on the counter or just give them, you know, the ball, they might hurt you in that last half an hour if you yeah. haven't already worn them down, right? So. Just no, control sure. the game.
1: For sure, exactly. And I mean look, Modric, if he's playing in the middle, what's Modric now? Thirty-six? Thirty-seven 30, now, isn't he? He's, Thirty he's five, thirty-six. And they're out they're trying to offer him a new contract as well till twenty twenty three or something like that. But you know, they're they're getting older in the middle of the park. And I think with the with the young legs of Man City, I think I, I don't think they they can contain them. That's why you think it's spells where Man City was overrunning them. They can't keep up. When the game dies down a little bit, and then cities or Real Madrid start playing, of course, okay, they've got it. But if if City's going to play high tempo, I don't think Real Madrid. I don't think their midfield can keep up. Which should be weird. I mean,
2: they they missed Casemiro, right, for sure. Yeah, Um, Cancelo was out as well for for City as was Walker, right. So you got Fernandinho replacing John Stones at right back. So it wasn't as if these are full full elevens. But Craig, I want to ask you about the 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 Bernardo Silva goal and Couto. Now, we're always taught you play to the whistle, right? But it seems like everyone in the stadium stopped playing when advantage was played. And Bernardo Silva, it was a great goal. But Catois seemed just like he was out to lunch. He didn't even move, rude to the spot. Was it just because he thought the play was going to be whistled dead? In which case, you can't forgive the guy. Or was it that well placed a shot?
4: Remind me again, was that the one that they just they played on? They looked it was going to be a foul, and then he. Yeah, he, he, yeah. I
2: think it was Foden, was it? Was brought down, I think, just outside the box. And then uh, yeah. Bernardo Silva jumped in and just near side, topside. It was a great shot, but Courtois yeah, didn't even look at it.
4: Yeah, I wasn't really thinking that Courtois was the one that. I don't think he was frozen like the rest of them stopped, but I don't think Courtois was. I think it was a
2: well struck ball. I didn't, give, I didn't put any blame on him on that. Mm hmm. Still, a great match, great first semi final. Very different to the one we saw on, on Wednesday, <clears throat> Liverpool VR which was again just, just pure dominance from Liverpool. VR Real had like no interest in, in attacking at all. Just one shot on goal, I think, in the end, at the very end, a pretty easy one for Alisson, who, who I barely saw all game. Honestly, there's a part in the second, I think I tweeted it out saying, oh, he's wearing green because I hadn't seen him all game long. It was incredible. It seemed like the Reds were really enjoying it, like enjoying themselves. They're laughing out there. They're smiling. Um, Do you get to that point in a game when you're playing really well that you're you're really enjoying it? I know, obviously, you're playing football. You should always enjoy it, but it's not that simple with the pressures of the game. But are there those games you're involved in sometimes and like, man, we are so much better than the opponents. We're going to win this game one way or the other. I'm just loving every second of it. Do you remember those kind of games?
4: I only had one or two of those games in my whole career where we're that much better than anybody else. Really? And that was when I was with Chelsea and I'm look, going out on their pitch with Viali and Zola and LaBeouf, and I'm like,
0: hold on a minute. How could we possibly lose? <laughs> That's like you showing up on this podcast. You are, you. You look around, you go, we're going to win on this podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Wonger. You just look around, you go, these guys are all stars. Yeah. <laughs> They'll make me look good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, it's 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 true though. I think you know some games where you where you get out and and you're up for it, and you know five ten minutes into the game you can see the opposition is a bit flat, right? And it could be a great team, but they're just flat and they just can't get their second wind. And you start knocking it around. You're going fuck! Oh, we got them on the ropes here. We've got yeah. them on the ropes, you know. And and it happens. And I and I've been in games as well where you're playing against teams and. They look like worldlies. It's like you're playing against Brazil, and you're just thinking, "Fuck, we we just can't get going. Like nothing's clicking. Those easy passes become hard. You know, it it happens. Happens all the time. You know, you just you just know you get a gut feeling when you're playing the game where you're like, "Okay, we we've got these guys. They're not they're not up for it today."
4: It's just the ability of like Liverpool to literally keep the ball for as long as they want. Yeah. Uh, Allison didn't have a shot, but he, he had plenty of touches. <laughs> yeah.
3: Don't you think that Thiago is playing like out of this world? Like watching oh, him today. Oh, different
4: class. Right. Yeah, and, and it's
3: like, I, I would say that today was what was a much more simpler game for Liverpool. Well, obviously, they were the better sign, they were in control. But there, there were just moments there with him, and I don't know what it was, but it, it's, he can't get on the pitch without having 100 touches in like less than an hour. And it's just like, I think he might be playing the best football of his career now. And it's funny because last season we thought like, ah, oh, not a fit. Ah, oh, look, exceptional player just doesn't fit with this team. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I couldn't, what did they do without him? I couldn't imagine him not in that yeah. side.
2: If you read a Pet Guardiola's book, about the year he's at Bayern Munich, and you talk about how he talked about how he was trying to get Alcantara, Tiago, from Barcelona to, to Bayern, and how he saw the player. It's amazing, because this is Pep Guardiola, right? He's coached the best of the best, and he says, this guy, this guy can be the best. If he can just stay healthy, he will be the type of player that you'll just drop your sandwich and watch. Like, holy yeah. crap, this guy's different level entirely. And that's back at Bayern Munich. And of yeah. course he was injury ravaged for much of that time. And now he's coming to Liverpool where he was hurt for quite a bit as well, but now he's got a run of games behind him. I don't know. If there's a more fun player to watch in in the Premier League right now than than Tiago.
1: I, I agree with you. I think when you, when you watch him for me, especially it's just, he's so simple. His movement is so good. Right. And he's just constantly reading the play and he's, He's uh, he, he he is a special player, 100%, and he's fun to watch. And if if you just take you know five minutes in a match and just watch him off the ball, what he does in his movements and how he reads things and how he sees the game, it's phenomenal to watch.
2: It's this book, by the way, Pep Confidential. If you haven't read it, you should get it. It's pretty really good.
1: Are you um, about to read it to us, or what are do you doing? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's an fun. excerpt.
2: I'm trying to find the part about Tiago, actually. Just keep talking. I'll find it. Tiago, Ti- it's a whole chapter about it. Tiago's coming. You,
3: you, like, just opened, hold on. you just open to that page. Yeah. You just, I, I, I watched you take this book. You just open right to it. Did you have a bookmark, like with one of those geeky no. notes, like those no. multicolored notes you journal? No, the pages you were stuck
4: together.
1: See, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, yeah. I just knew it. Well, it's, <laughs> it's what you said. I'm sorry. What did you say? What, what was the title?
2: Pep Confidential. No, no, The no. inside story of Pep Guardiola. It sounds like a Guardiola. sexy... No, the of page
1: that you opened up. What was it called? What was it? Ti- <laughs> <laughs> just Tiago's tell us, just All tell over us the again.
2: The chapter eight is called...
1: Sorry, Charms, I can't hear it's you. It's called what? Tiago's Coming. <laughs> Right, so there's a reason why the pages are stuck together, is it? I'm trying to find. Uh...
3: Very good, Jimmy. Very good. You are a actually... professional podcaster. That is uh, well done. Tiago's coming. Pep tells me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which yeah, Tiago? So Tiago Alcántara from Barça. Are you talking about the pearl of the Barça youth system? Yes, that Tiago. He replies. Bayern are hoping to transfer Mario Gomez to Fiorentina. Uh, let me find some more stuff about this, but it's it's really very good. I could, if you want, I read the whole book to you. Story time with Shaman.
0: Mm, no, no, well, yeah, with that, well, that, we'll put that on
2: Footy Prime audiobooks. I, I, can oh. read, I can read, I can Bero, um, the untold my story. life. Yeah, I mean, who we've wrote got, that book? We have got fifteen minutes
0: left, right? <laughs> <laughs> B, I had to, I had to, I had to text Sharbs, and I just said. Jimmy's giving him the gears and you're like you're falling for everything he's doing. All of it. I know all of it. All of it. And I, I had to go you just opened yourself up. Jimmy's going to keep going to this wound. It's like you get, get a cut over the left eye. Jimmy's just throwing the left jab.
3: No, It's not a wound. I just thought, you know, Jimmy's new to our dark web WhatsApp group chat. And I just thought maybe Jimmy doesn't know that I did the book with Dwayne.
1: Oh, I knew. I get just had to the hook in your it? mouth and I just kept on pulling.
0: Well but the funny thing book? is, well, the funny did. thing is, Jimmy did the same thing with D-Row. He's like, you got a book out? Never heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it called? What's Either. this? What's
1: it called? Yeah, how many pages is it? Anyways, <laughs> uh, two hundred and twelve. Two hundred and twelve pages of Dero's life. Seventy-seven thousand words, buddy. Big There's- letter oh, right. chapters, uh, chapter, big seven chapter seven
3: letters. Chapter seven, Dero's coming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Those pages are stuck together as well.
3: <laughs> no, there's. I got some really good. So, so all Dunlop. Yeah, <laughs> a, almost all of the chapter references, chapter names are are my titles. But there's some fucking good ones in there. Are there? Jimmy James Sherman.
1: Yeah. I think I think you should write a book for it's me. Book here.
3: I forget about um, you. What I call yeah. it? Tricky Jimmy.
1: It is <laughs> one for you. Yeah. <laughs> chapter one is
3: called
2: "Started from the Bottom."
3: There you go. Uh, yeah. uh, That's a good one. Shout out to Drizzy Drake. Is, is it two Choice or is he was, just started he started at the bottom hold on hold on we're all going these are all rap lyrics okay drake uh, tupac yeah. what's number three uh gun to my head gun not not chewing gum Something no like
2: gun to my head let's let's test you what's chapter four called b you wrote it what's it called <laughs>
3: let's do this oh. let's go chapter oh. by
2: chapter chapter four or wow. did you write it was there a ghostwriter for Brendan Dunlop, ghostwriter for Dwayne De Rosario? There,
3: there was. Uh, her name is Elena Watko. Uh, <laughs> she, wrote, she wrote the, uh, the flap on the, the inside the cover of the book. Oh, did she? She wrote the flap. Well, I had written it, and then I was so bloody frustrated. It took me three days. And she said, why are you still in this? And I said, I can't fucking write this. And she's like, how long is it? 2,000, 5,000, 7,000 words? I'm like, no, it's 200. She's like, you're still doing this? I'm like, I, I, I'm all out of, I have no ammo. And she sat down, and she tweaked it, and she said, what do you think of this? I'm like, boom, send it. So the flap is hers. it, boy. The inside flap. Chapter four, buddy. Uh, no uh, ammo print. is nothing new. Chapter
0: four. <laughs> I was just going with the inside flap. It's hers. I got all weirded out with that. I knew somebody was going to say something like <laughs> that. I knew
1: it. i seen you both giggling.
0: You and Forrest.
1: Just the, old, the, the old inside <laughs> flap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a long time since we've been we're, together, hasn't it?
3: We're different ages. I've never had the roast beef lunches that you guys know of. Oh, oh, it. Oh, here we go.
2: Chapter four. Chapter four. <laughs>
3: chapter yeah. four is he goes to Germany. <laughs>
1: you didn't write this book. There's no chance. I wrote it not remember it. Because it, no was, it, it took
3: six years to write the fucking book. Ch- chapter four. Out wrote it. Hold on. The, I wrote all of the titles. The, title, hey. of chapter, <laughs> the chapter, title of chapter do, do four is... Do you remember is... what you
2: wrote, um, what I said about the book on the back cover? Because you wrote that for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. You do. That is... <laughs> Dero was the reason Canadians started watching MLS. He was a human highlight reel, which made my job very easy. That's what I wrote in the back, but only he wrote it for me. <laughs>
3: That was Charmin's endorsement on the book, yeah, on the cover. Okay, chapter yeah. 4 is Scarborough to the World. Oh, I knew it was something about global going big, yeah. All right, Number chapter f- 5. Oh, Jesus, chapter if 5. If I was
4: chocolate, I'd eat myself.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: one finger at a time (laughs) Uh, honestly this
3: is the best segment i've ever done all right chapter
2: 14 the last the last chapter of the book the last one you wrote if that's how you write the book you know how you write the books you know different methods chapter 14 what was it called the chapter if you don't know this there's no way you wrote this book (laughs) yeah there was 14 (laughs) chapters
1: 14 like, chapters. So he's got to say what chapter 14 is?
2: Yeah. What's it called? He made spent, the, Remember, he's telling what? us you know, there's some great, great chapter names, and they're all my idea. He hasn't got one right so far.
1: <laughs> I spent a week, one night at Whiskey Gogo's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
3: don't remember what I called 14. I have no idea. Keep, is on it is Keep it called, called on it's The Closer? Keep Guys, on moving. The
1: Lost One? Guys, There, going. there is a steward's inquiry right now whether who wrote this book. <laughs> well, I I think think it because was I wife. don't think it's B, by the way. Nope. I think if it, it, was it took his you wife. six years, surely you can remember the chapters. <laughs> <laughs> He did. He right?
3: Yeah, that makes sense. You're right. Keep
4: well, the, to be fair, he's done so many books since. He, you
2: know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Inverting the pyramid was great. I, um, did you write the Ford by Lennox Lewis?
3: <laughs> I, I did write the Ford by Lennox Lewis. Yeah, we had we had a six minute conversation in which I think he, I asked twenty two questions and I got yeah the six hundred words for that Ford.
2: You know what's funny, yeah. though? You know all the, the photographs here, right? In the middle of books, you've got like, say, 10 pages of photographs. B being B, there's, there's 10 pages, seven are of Dero, three are of the, the author, Brendan Dunlop.
3: <laughs> That's not true. What are you talking about?
1: Do you, know I, do you know what I think? This just shows how interested you were in this book. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was so immersed in this book, Jimmy. I have no idea. I i was talking with a Scarborough accent for four years. I was so immersed in this book. Yeah,
2: it's actually a very good book. Yeah, fam. It's, it's, whoever wrote it did a great job because it was it was a page turner. <laughs> whoever it was, it was Elena. <laughs> Elena, you're a great author as well as a great songwriter and singer. Or is that singer songwriter and actress? Hey,
1: charms. Is there some pages in there that you have to color as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: there, there's a-, a lot, there's a lot of photos to be honest though. When they came out, I went, Oh God, I'm like, Sharma's going to, I'm never hey, going to hear the end like, yeah. got got of this from Sharma. You
1: got a bag of up. crayons with it.
3: Well, I, I had to curate the photos, right? Dwayne had a lot of photos and I found some and Canada soccer gave us some. And I thought, you know, got to get a few of these gems in here that was uh, when Canada played Wales and he was photographed with, you know, Z on the touchline and, there was a, a shot of him, you know, battling for the ball with Ronaldo. We got to get those in there, and then they printed it and they used every single photo I submitted, even though I submitted many photos I thought they would have spiked or rejected. And so I feel like there's 30 pages of photos in that book. People we'll know, love it.
2: it's photos. It's good balance. It's just good balance. Yeah, I was looking forward like to the. Uh, you know what, my problem is with books when they put the photographs in the middle. Is that when it's mid mid chapter, <laughs> yeah, I've got that's the worst. Uh, right. I'm in the middle of like a paragraph mid-chapter and there's like 10 photographs i got and then he put photos. the gun to my
3: 10 pages of photographs it yeah. makes no sense
2: yeah yeah there's no i'm actually really it's really pathetic that out of all of us friends of yours Brent, only one of us have read this book including yourself because <laughs> i'm not sure you've read this book when you put your <laughs> or, name to it should you read it or or wrote it
3: yeah that's that amazing, Right. so so funny funny story about this is uh uh, per, when Craig and I did this CBC thing for the World Cup, uh, when Canada qualified, my producer, uh, who was my Olympics producer, he'd asked a question about we were putting together this this montage of failed, you know, Canadian Wor- World Cup qualifiers, and I had made reference to when Patrice Bernier got red carded against Honduras in Montreal, and the whole stadium was blue, and BMO had handed out those blue clappers, and Craig had called this game, and he needed the date or the World Cup qualification or something to reference this. And I said, I don't know, but it's in the book. And he says, okay, well, you know, control F. And I I replied texting him, "What what do you mean control F? He's like, well, you wrote it. Don't you have a digital copy? And I FaceTimed him and I'm literally hand reading the book, like looking through the book for this chapter, for this reference that I made to make sure it was against Honduras and Montreal, this Patrice Bernier. And he goes, don't you have a digital copy on your fucking computer, you writer? Control F. Just type Honduras Montreal World Cup qualifier. I'm like, yeah, I'll just find it in the hard book. And it was the first time I'd actually read the book. <laughs> I flipped to like chapter nine. I mean, the hard book. It was the first time I'd read. It was oh, the first time I'd way. read the yeah. hard book, right? <laughs> I opened a chapter nine or whatever it was, eight or nine, and Patrice Bernier's red card, and yeah. So yeah, I've not read the hard book. I should maybe go and sun vacay and.
2: That was a horrible game. The whole it was thing not right a turn. horrible book, which is what I was in Discord. Great book. Hey, so we discussed before, I think, with Wonger with and with Craig, you know, what would we name our books if we we're gonna write a book? Ooh. Jimmy, yes. you you weren't on that show, obviously. So if you were to write a book or have someone pretend to be Brendan and write a book for you, what would it be called? Always use a Jimmy.
1: <laughs> Jesus, that, <that's> a great <laughs> <good> response.
2: Always <laughs> use a Jimmy.
1: <laughs> all right but let's 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 go back to it though with d Row. d Rowe's a good friend right we're just taking the piss he's a great guy man i i love him we all do we're just great
3: book you're assuming great book you're assuming yeah.
1: no i think, I think
2: it. it's more like we're taking the piss at brendan though not not d-ro
0: Row
1: is uh, both of them because <laughs> if d Rowe's on the show we take the piss out of him right away
0: <laughs> so
1: that <laughs> would be my great. book yeah
0: yeah always. It's, a good, it's a good title always
3: wear a got some layers that's, honestly that's a that's a great title that's a great yeah, title <laughs> some alternative publication publishers maybe but <laughs> great title
2: hey wonga it's time for that new segment of yours when oh, yeah. you ask the listeners to, to, uh, to question listener questions, questions. To, listener questions questions, <laughs>
3: questions by listeners, <laughs> <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay wow, first we really one. need to contract elena to sing <laughs> yeah <laughs> no
0: we're gonna find some music yeah music to she's look, too busy writing books yeah, right to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: It's true. It's true. Look at his face. Yeah, he's a fucking phony.
2: Finally, he's been outed on this podcast. Of all, him and Amber Heard
0: feigning. (laughs) All right. So, Chris Rourke. First question. Chris wanted to know when pitches went from. You guys talked about playing at some really crappy, especially Craig. Talk about playing some really crappy uh, m- matches on some horrible pitches. When did they turn from horrible pitches to hey, these are pristine, all that kind of stuff? What year? Because he, he was mentioning eighties, nineties, but when did you kind of see the last for the last of those pitches that you know there wasn't that much advantage for the home team?
2: Yeah, were you using nasty pitches for a long time before you found nice pitches? <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> And when yeah. was that was it primarily
3: well, actually is,
4: actually Ipswich town back in the seventies and eighties um was always the best pitch, voted the best pitch in the uh, in the league in the top flight um, that didn't last, and the guy really did, just did a really good job, but I mean technology has come a long way um now they have the hybrid pitches, which are just brilliant. But they used to play reserve games on there, youth team cup games on there. There was a lot of pressure. And the the, the they were in awful, awful condition. You wouldn't be playing keep ball in your 18-yard box back then. It was come up bouncing and hitting in the knee. It, it just, it's just too un, it, unpredictable. So, yeah. Uh, but so I would say... When the Premier League came along, that was a change when only the first team games were played on that pitch. And then plus obviously with these hybrid pitches, they're just taking it to a different level. They're absolutely perfect condition, these pitches.
3: That's a good point, you know, and I realize now listening to you, Craig, that's why I didn't make it as a goalkeeper. Mm. That's why I got cut at the age of eight. Because we would play on these pitches that the you know, the, the six yard box was just this giant well. Yeah. And I never had a chance yeah, in hell. Yeah, these balls would bounce in the middle and go to my right and bounce in the middle mm-hmm. and go to the left. was, I never had a chance. You know, one
4: thing that you notice, and Jimmy can attest to this too, is when you guys traveling around Europe, is that when I was going up and down the A-12 from West Ham to Ipswich, uh, there was football pitches on either side of the A-12 all the way up past Chelmsford, Colchester. And they all had nets, and they all were – Corner flags are in them. There's nobody on them during the day, but they're in great condition. It made you want to go out there and play. I very rarely, if at all, will see a pitch in Canada where I like look at it and go, Yeah, that makes me want to get out there and play. It's the same as going to a basketball court and it's got no, if you've got no net, it's crap. Got to have a net in there. But if you do it properly, it makes you feel like you want to get out there and play. Ice hockey Definitely. rinks
0: with an inch of snow on it would be no fun either. No. So what so was the I, last? What was the last place you played that had a crappy pitch? Like, do you remember that? And Jimmy, I want to ask you the same question. When was like the last place? Because that would be the year where you can say, "Hey, this is when the transition was made."
1: I mean, for myself, uh, I, I was I was fortunate enough that the clubs that I was at, you know, with. Bristol, Forest, Norwich, Southampton, even TFC. The well, they had turf, but the the pitches were very good, mm. really, really good. It was when we went on on the road, and you're playing away games. If you were, you know, up at some small stadiums that didn't have the finances really to look after their their pitches, and and those lo- those smaller clubs didn't want a beautiful pitch because their game was. <laughs> you know, make it as miserable as possible. And it was quite a level up. not not much grass on it, and it was terrible to play. But then when you played at the big mm-hmm. clubs, pitches were always immaculate. And if you even thought of stepping onto the pitch, um, the groundsman wanted to kill you because that was his pride and joy. Right? That was his baby, right?
3: When did they so. integrate the hybrid pitches.
1: It was like 07, was the, 08? Yeah, it was in the two thousands where they started. I think, I think every pitch in the Premier League is hybrid.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's degrees, yeah. right? Whereas, yeah. like yeah. Arsenal, mm-hmm. Arsenal went to the max. FIFA instituted it. It's something like a you know, forty-eight, fifty-two, or something. And Arsenal was at the max at the beginning. I think Real Madrid as well. And then TFC kind of copied that, and they've all. Find some type of balance. There are some places in good climates where you don't have to be to the max of that, which is like literally Wang or the plastic, yeah. you know. In is it you know, is
0: it that, the soil. with the black with the black? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no like no. the plastic, you know, the blade of you know the plastic grass, grass, blades grass, blades right, blade. grass embedded right. in the real. You know. 10-1 is ten one is
2: ten real grass to one blade of yeah. fake grass, and is it, right. fake grass is actually.
1: Sewn in individually by a groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> was it was it that much? The percentages. I always thought it was like twenty percent, like really low. I have, I have no low, idea what
3: low, it was. I know. Like, no, no.
0: I knew that. Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> like it, it varies. It,
3: it shifted high. It, it might not be forty-nine fifty-two, but they. Yeah, like, I always thought it, it
1: was lower than that. The the Let's
3: the, find the, out. the max Arsenal Arsenal had the max from the beginning, and that set the bar. And then when TFC switched to grass. They were trying to find the balance between well, what is grass and what is not. If we're trying to copy this max, but if you look at it, like obviously, TFC has you know a difference compared to London with the extreme cold that they just don't have to deal with, Mm. and their soil. So maybe they can't maximize it the same. But you look at Real Madrid, like those; these are the places you think of now as having pristine pitches. And Deech really tells a great story about walking out to TFC, like, wow, look how miraculously green it is, and he gets close <laughs> in the tunnel and realizes it's turf. But he even he was blinded by the Spain, Arsenal, you know these these places that that can just do that, thinking, oh, Toronto in the summer, sure, maybe maybe they can do that, but it, obviously it was impossible. But it's now been, that didn't. Sorry, but you go ahead. Gradients, you were gonna say.
2: No, no, many different brands, but SIS Pitches seems to be a, a big one I'm, I'm reading okay. here. SIS, uh, which is most of the elite sports clubs, and it's uh, 95% natural grass, but has synthetic fibers stitched into
3: them, obviously, to prolong playing hours, etc., etc. So uh, if that's the most popular one, then we can assume that's a lot of the biggest places? Because I, I, honestly, so. I, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that number was way lower. Even, even no, I said 52, Jimmy said 80. You just said ninety five. That's what it said earlier. But I'm just scanning over a column here. So look how good some of them look. Like when you look at that old footage, Wanger, When you
0: see Craig playing. Oh yeah, walking, that, that ducking, stuff you was. Must, you must be looking at the fifties, right? Well, it, it, look. It reminded me of playing on an old football field, which yeah. I mean, I played in cow pastures, yeah. where you know, at you university. There were, yeah, university. Uh, you yeah. go play. In, you go play at Bishops in Lennoxville. Um, they had one of the top teams in Canada, ranked top four. And at the time, Leroy Blue, all these guys who played CFL, NFL options, um, and they were playing on a, a cow pasture, and it felt like it. And you, when you landed, you know, there wasn't grass. It was just dirt and mud. And I saw some of the highlights from the 80s, you know, with Gascoigne and all those guys. And some and like the what was the the crazy bunch or is that what it they're, they're crazy called crazy gang oh, That's the Wimbledon. crazy gang Wimbledon no yeah but even some of their games horrible like these guys are like covered in mud mm. from you know from the bottom bottom of their cleats their spikes all like they're covered in mud punching guys in the face and it's Warner, very, it
4: actually it reminds me playing on on football pitches like that was very common at varsity we'd come back in the summer right. And the football season, Toronto has yep. just
0: finished and there was a trench right down the middle. It's just yeah. been like Well, that's where we yeah. played the Vanier Cup, we played at varsity. And there would be like just down because you're between the two uh hash marks, right? That's where yeah. they set up the ball. So literally <laughs> yeah. this is where it
4: is. Yeah, and the wings were just all just destroyed because the pitch is wider than the the field. So yeah football field so it's a right
3: disaster here's the question i'm gonna i'm just gonna simplify it to make it as direct as possible do you think jimmy and craig if picture your beginnings in england so the, the pitches the first few years okay if the fields the pitches were the same as your first few years in england currently today do you think the premier league would be as popular globally as it is now I ask that because I think the rise in popularity is very much connected to the improvement of the pitch in the field of play, which has improved, at least for the non-traditionalists, the quality of the game. Mm.
4: Yeah,
2: but it's also the influx of the best players in the world, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'd say this. I think the, the, uh, the, the general standard of MLS pitches over the last 20 years has been so poor. It hasn't helped the growth. It's better now, but when we see that the football markings on the soccer field mm-hmm. in MLS, it looked terrible, right? Mm-hmm. And it did hold it back. Mm-hmm. It was seen as a joke. I remember being in England back in the 90s um, and friends laughing at it, saying, what the hell is that? It's like, yeah, well, it's the best we have. I'm sorry. You know, but that, yeah. it, you know, so on the opposite, it didn't help it grow in this country. It's, it's so much better now, obviously. But even so, you see New York play you know the baseball bloody markings on the field doesn't look great does it so no still know, like it,
1: yeah no you you you're right yeah that that does kill it when you see you know american football lines and everything but i think when you uh when you'd seen new york city play against tfc the other day pitch looked great but that wasn't smaller
3: yeah. that wasn't their pitch though that was city and you can City still
2: field. see, you can still yeah, see New some York baseball
3: markings, right? But that was City Field. They play at at, at Yankee. They were playing. They they play a handful of games at City Field where the Mets play.
1: Was oh, that uh, where it was? Yeah. yeah. And, and well, they uh, did a good, they did a good job coming up the covering up the diamond there.
3: Phenomenal job. And I yeah. will admit, actually, that it fooled me because I had texted Sharman and said, "Is it just me, or did they move the camera position because the pitch doesn't look so bloody child size?" And then jesus jimenez scored and they showed a low angle shot and i saw the city and remembered oh yeah right they're playing a handful of games at city this is one of them
2: oh, well it pissed me off that. though because i got the Texan b and i'm like fuck now i've got to turn the snooker off and look at this goddamn tfc match well it was <laughs> also
0: sharms it was also when B. I, I think it, it'll stick in your mind it was also when b admitted to not writing his book <laughs> i think you saved that one and sent it to all of us right That's, ooh, Oops. <laughs> um, next question dave starkey brought up what other sports are we into and i it was more so it got me thinking about basketball only because we're watching the raptors against the 76ers and we're all i know we're all i know we're all raptors fans but the big thing is we're watching james harden kind of show that he's not the player he is on a like international level right now from what he was and i was gonna ask craig and jimmy did you ever have a guy who came over from another squad and just during it was a swan song but you thought hey maybe he has some lightning in his boots still and he it was like that. Was there any Craig, do you have any guy or were you the guy or a story about? No, yeah. you were never the guy. You never had the chance to be the guy, right? No, but not quite. Who was your guy that you saw like that? I would say the great Davor
4: Shukur. When he came from Arsenal to West Ham, Harry thought he would, he would have a little bit left in the tank to, to be able to contribute. And for the most part, he, he didn't really, he was, he was like an old lab his hips were gone <laughs> yeah. but he had these amazing touches but he really could not run or move like he he uh he used to and it was kind of sad to see because uh, you could see from his touch and passing ability just
0: how good he was absolutely fantastic but and what was he would he get the starts or was he just like mm-hmm. getting subbed at the end
4: He got a couple starts and then it was like he can't, you know, he wasn't lasting. Uh, So in the end, he became a sub.
3: You had Ian Wright as well, right? Yeah,
4: Wrighty came across, but I wouldn't say that. I think they they got value from Ian Wright. Other than the fact that he got sent off once and comes through the tunnel at Upton Park and right to the, as soon as you come in the tunnel, the referee's dressing room is right to your left. And uh, he got sent off, and he went straight in the referee's dressing room and tore it apart. Mm-hmm. They tore the TV off the wall, flipped the couch, ripped the referee's dress. So now the game's going on, and he's tearing the referee's clothes mm-hmm. apart. <laughs> and then there's police officers sort of standing in the tunnel there. He's always there. Pretty really, I can't remember his name. Big fella. Been there for years. And he got a hold of righty because he – He's like, what's going on in there? So I was on the sub so we walked back and was like, Righty, what the fuck are you doing? He ah fuck so off he goes. Anyway, halftime comes and the referee <laughs> get a nice surprise. <laughs> Their dressing room has been trashed, clothes <laughs> everywhere.
0: And uh yeah, righty got a few games for that. Yeah. Jimmy, did I, you have a did you do you ever see that? A decline in full spectrum. Television, think, all that
1: kind of I, stuff. I think the well, I think the the one player um, that I played with was probably a Laurent, uh, Laurent Robert when mm-hmm. he came to TFC, mm-hmm. um, and I remember, you know, him in England and what a player he was, unbelievable. Played for France and Newcastle, mm-hmm. he was on fire. Played for PSG and mm-hmm. Montpellier, and then when he came to Toronto FC, he just could not move. Mm. couldn't move, played a handful yeah. of games. But you could see, you know, if, the, if, if he didn't have to move and the ball was close to him, what a player. His touch and just everything that he had, his control. Yeah. But, you know, when, uh, when the game opened up, he was he couldn't run. His knees were gone. I think he'd left them back in France. Was
2: that awkward, Jimmy, in the room when <laughs> you guys hear he's coming over, Laurent LeBret, and you know, like, wow, that's great. This guy's a good player. And then you probably realized pretty early on, this guy's got nothing left. Was no, I was like, awkward, like, oh my God, the guy,
1: the guy can't move. Yeah. So then, what you end up doing, you have to change your game because you're going, I got to play it to his feet because he's not running past anybody.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember Affinity George, he signed at Ipswich, yeah. and uh, George Burley was back there as manager. And um, I was at West Ham, but I was down at Ipswich and I was chatting with George Burley, and he goes, I think he's 41. <laughs> <laughs> because i think i i signed a 41 year old <laughs> i think
0: yeah like his job is to find this stuff out right
4: yeah and he basically had one good game i remember at arsenal away for 45 minutes and other than that he was he just couldn't run because he probably was 41
3: yeah well it's such a good point buddy because you bring up james harden and i have a i have a tough time i think accepting that and you use the word swan song, whether you were actually applying it to him or just the idea that he's in his swan song now, you look at you know, how many guys that we would expect to be have been in their swan song for a few years and we never saw that Brady, LeBron, Ronaldo, only oh, yeah. this year Messi. Yeah. And so to think of Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Miguel Cabrera for a baseball example, to be in that swan song, um, yeah, I
0: have a tough time accepting that James Harden's
3: actually there,
0: but well, yeah, and well, the, the thing I was thinking about too, it, it, and that Jimmy brought up was the, it's that quick twitch that mm-hmm. gives you the that you know the the advantage, and mm-hmm. it's when these guys don't have that anymore, and that's what's showing with Harden right now, and it sounds like Robert was the same thing that all of a sudden that ups like all of a sudden you can't move the way you used to. And it's showing with Harden. And, and I was thinking, there must be so many of these, and that's why it's so incredible. I mean, your Ronaldo still be the guy is still a god. But if you think about all these names that we've mentioned,
3: right? All of the guys that have were in the except the uh, exceptional category that I listed: Brady, yeah, Ronaldo, LeBron. Uh, up until his move to PSG, I would even say potentially Messi, but LeBron, yes. All of those guys ad- adapted their game. They did. Russell Westbrook has not done that. James Harden has not yet done that. He may still, but he hasn't yet done that. Miguel Cabrera didn't do that. That's what I agree. I agree. These players that are able to do that, and maybe you know, LaRoma LaRoma Bear wasn't a player that was going to do that. But um, but once once your knees go, no,
2: his knees were his knees. You're not going to be able to adapt, right? But on the flip side, do you? I think all sports lovers come to this realization, not not athletes, but myself, I'm sure B's there, Wonga too. When, when you, you watch these guys your whole life and you love these, these heroic figures, these athletes, and there comes a point when you realize, actually, they're kind of the same age as I am. And then before you know it, you realize, actually, I'm a bit older than these guys. And then you realize he could be my son. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a real
0: stark reality check, though, isn't it? It's like Dunlop. Me and Craig got married, and we had Dunlop. <laughs> <laughs> he could be He's our like son, Asian. Craig. Or. I've been, I've been
3: mistaken for being half Asian multiple times. Actually, wow. I, was, yeah. hey. I
1: think that's. I think
0: that's your you, wife.
1: You. You two you two make a beautiful baby. We would. We would. Uh, beautiful hilarious baby. Though, no I,
3: I said this to Elena maybe a week and a half ago and thought afterwards. I'm like, wow, this would be a great topic of a conversation. But we we're talking about just aging in life. And she's like, can you believe we're this age and mid-30s, this, that, whatever? And I'm like, I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that I'm never going to make it pro. As yeah. an athlete, these guys are retiring. It's <laughs> true. These Another guys moment. are retiring three, four years younger than I currently am. And I still think, man, if I just hit, you know, six straight games of like scoring a hat trick at Men's League, I might okay. have a chance at. That's a good
2: question, money. though. All right, Wong, let me ask you this, first of all. And then B, you want your answer, right? Um, so, Wong, you played pretty high level sport, right? You played college football. You're obviously a good athlete, but there must come a point when you realized probably not going to make money
0: at this. Oh yeah. The CFL, oh, yeah. Let alone the NFL. When yeah. was that? How old were you? Uh, my first year, I was nineteen at McGill, and probably by nineteen and a half, I had realized well, that well, you, my. But you, but yeah, four I realized years that though. No, I, it wasn't that. It's that I knew I wasn't going to make money. I knew my top end would be a middling, semi-semi-good player, uh, college football player, like you know my last year at Concordia after I got kicked off of McGill, uh I I think I was third in the league in interceptions I knew I was a good player but you know the amount and this goes to Jimmy it was a story that Craig told me about Jimmy and his uh I mean that's a great story uh, it where he was just like you know there's some players that you know have it and some we don't I didn't have I didn't have the work ethic first of all exactly, yeah. and maybe i would have if i had had a little more success but i have to tell you that jump from high school to university for me was fantastically surprisingly hard um, like all of a sudden every quarterback in the league could throw 50 yards every and every guy years old some of them yeah i was playing with 26 28 year olds who had played pro already in the CFL and needed a a year to get better you know so I'm playing with these men, and I'm sure it's the same when Craig and Jimmy went from, hey, I'm on the development team to the starting team, but it's incredible, that jump. So I knew at, God, 1920, that my top end was going to be a good, you know, middle-of-the-road college football player. So
4: You know, it's interesting you talk about that uh, from a uh, perspective of the age when you get into the team. So I was 19 – when I was making my professional debut, so I was playing with guys that are 35, 36. Yeah. And these are guys that I didn't talk to unless they talked to me. It was like... I had this respect, you know, even from a youth U-team level, they, they were like... But they're
0: oh, men, Craig. You're 19. They are men. Right. Families.
2: Like, big jump. Like, yeah. they've
0: got 12-year-old, 14-year-old kids. Well, they're, they're playing for yeah. a meal on the yeah. table, too, right? They're they're Dunlop to us. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy, you head to Bristol, <laughs> right? You're in
2: Bristol. You're yep. young, right? And you're playing these... That's a tough league, like physically a tough league, right? Yep. Well, did you ever doubt yourself that maybe you weren't cut out for this, or did you never have that self-doubt?
1: No, I think look it's uh you know when you're there and you, you sign your pro con- contract I mean the the one thing as a as a pro athlete you you can't doubt yourself you got to you got to believe that you can you can play at the at the highest level and you can play with these guys and you know it's like what Craig was saying you know the the older guys I never really spoke to them you know it's I I had to pay my dues and the respect and you know if the I remember my first road trip, I get in the bus and I go sit down and I just pick a seat. And I had the senior pro told me, get the fuck out of his seat. So I was like, okay. (laughs) Then I sat down in another seat and another pro comes and goes, get the fuck out of my seat. I was like, okay. I ended up sitting beside the head coach near the front of the bus.
0: I thought you were going to say the
1: toilet. No. (laughs) So I'm at the front of the bus now and I'm just sitting there. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden he goes, uh. I remember the gaffer goes, Go make me a cup of tea. I'm like, What? He goes, Go make me a tea. I was like, Oh, okay. Mm. And then as I start walking back, player, where are you going? Oh, I got to make the gaffer a tea. Get me one as well. I'll have one milk, two sugars. <laughs> Before you know it, I'm making 23 cups of tea for the whole bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it, it took me probably, and I'm not joking, 45 minutes because <laughs> I'm trying to carry these seeds. Any bump, my tea's spilling all over the place. And they'll be like, that's only that's only half a cup of tea go make me another tea and i had to go to the back and get tea and then they want their biscuits and then i had to go get the biscuits and
2: <laughs> you i guess it could be worse hazing rituals though jimmy
1: oh but it was it was crazy but then you know you, you get it you break into the first team um and then I, you know i had my spell i had to wait a long time to get to get my my shot and i went in and i, I grabbed it by both hands and uh and then before you know it, I'm that guy sitting on the bus and the young guy's coming up. I'm going, hey, asshole, go make me a cup of tea. <laughs> you loved it. yeah? You loved oh, it. I loved it. I didn't even want tea. I was just going, go make me a tea. <laughs> how,
3: how quickly did you get to that point, though? What were, were you 25, 26? How quick was that?
1: Uh, no, I was, uh, I was 20. And then that's when uh, <laughs> no, because I, I broke into team at eighteen and twenty, I got sold to to Nottingham Forest. Oh, but no. by twenty, you were bossing people
3: around. You were bossing young kids around. yeah, I so yeah,
1: had, you, had you the next young guy that was seventeen. I'm like, get me a cup of tea.
2: You didn't learn from that that awful experience of your own, and you didn't have any empathy for that young kid thinking. No, oh, we because should that's change that's this just, pattern. We should change no, this pattern of team just, culture. No, just you the said, fuck you, that. You're an
4: asshole. Yeah. Get me a tea.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's just. I tell you what,
4: it keeps you incredibly grounded.
1: Yeah. And I used to have to clean the, uh, the away dressing rooms. That was my job when I was young. <sighs> Oof. And I used to hate it if they lost because if, they, if the away team lost, right, they would trash the dressing room. Yeah. They'd come oh, in throw things all over the place. T- tape, tape. Yeah. And oh, everyone. it was brutal. But yeah. when they won, it was great because they wanted to get the hell out and get back to the hotel and go have a beer or whatever it was, right? So every time, you know, I was at City and they lost, it was like a little fist pump. Yes. Cause I knew my, my job wasn't going to be bad. I could be out of there quick, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it was fun, but that was, you know, that was learning your trade really. As you know, we, we went through apprenticeship, you know, Craig went through apprenticeship. I went through apprenticeship. They don't have um, to do that anymore. They don't, they don't have, have to have do to that any- anymore. No. no, they don't. They don't do apprenticeships.
2: No. Looked down upon, isn't it? <laughs>
4: well, they do an apprenticeship, but it, they don't have to do jobs. And mm-hmm. in some ways, okay. Cause the, the, the argument legally was and how they fought this, somebody lawyer fought against this, um, was the fact that it has nothing to do with your profession and it's basically slave labor, which it really is, because as a youth player I was on twenty-five pounds a week and I was cleaning the shitters, I was cleaning boots, I was painting the stripes on all the boots, like because they're all sponsored by Adidas at that time and but it also gave you you know some work ethic it gave you it grounded you it you kind of paid your dues and then 95 percent of the players don't make it so at least you have a little bit of discipline uh when you when you leave now these kids they don't have to do any of this they get their every their ass is white for them the whole fucking deal and then the mass majority don't make it and they end up at lower division, this is that they have to do their own kit and all this, and cle- they had
0: no idea. No, and system. This, this is a good question because it gets the old angry man out of us all, which is <laughs> yeah. uh, you it know important it. for the kids podcast. Kids now do
2: know how good they got it. <laughs> Those, Those crazy of kids. kids. Speaking for four B, because I'm much the same as he. I think I think we ne- we had nothing but self doubt in our younger <sighs> always,
0: years, so. always self doubt. No, oh, yeah. but did you ever go? I, I think I'm going to be good at this sport. or Was it always? I was never the best at the sport.
2: Yeah, I always knew that I could run around a field competently enough and not embarrass myself. But I always mm. knew that I was not going to be making any professional team anytime soon. When his dad used to Fuck stand out ahead to the other team, yeah, yeah. that was when yeah. he knew he was never going to make it. And when, his, when yeah, yeah, when when my own. teammates' eyes lit up, oh, thank Christ, he's playing for them again today. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, what, Dad, what that's you, a telltale sign. Hey, what do you guys think, right? <laughs> if we got B, a tryout at a League One team.
0: That would be amazing. do that, that would be incredible. Yeah. We'd have to shave them down, though, Jimmy. Can we talk it's to Julian? Cool. Hey, I'd shave for that. It's and the last chance.
1: Sure. The last chance. Yeah. Let's talk to Julian. To me,
3: bro. See if I can go. Like, like, Julian's the only one that knows. I turn up at Simcoe Rovers to try and have a tryout. And my name is Felix Dunn. Some we'll come up with some soon is, uh what, what do you call that? What's the fake name
2: called? Dino? Oh, what is a fake name? Well, an alias. An alias?
3: An alias? Yeah. No, Anonymous? hold on. So, uh, <laughs> actually, I mean, I'll we just tell just go this. With fake name. Do you have a fake name. Jimmy and I, are, uh, uh, Craig and I, are going to a bar tomorrow, and uh, the person knows that uh, Craig is attending, so the reservation is under the name uh, Donnie McFlow. Mm. which is a real person that played in the OHL in the 2000s. And knowing how great my hair is, this person thought that was an appropriate fake name for me. Donnie McFlow. Do we
0: have, uh, do we have rezos for that? We have rezos for that, yes. Table so how many people? Just so I know. Table for six. Okay. Because Pesci might bring his uh,
4: dad <laughs> and his buddy too. So, oh, Wait, w- can I
2: just re- rewind a little bit here? This person honestly
3: thought if you used your name, there'd be what? An issue with fans? No, not my name. The oh, people that are name. coming with me. But oh, Craig but Forrest's name. This way it would fly Forrest. under the radar because if someone saw my name on the reservation list, they might think, oh, he might bring people we know, like anyone on the no, show. No, they wouldn't think that. No. And since two of the people on the show are attending this bar, that this person wisely thought, ha, I'm going to help Dunny out here. I'm going to give him uh, a fake name, I Dusty see. McFlows. Is hey, Jim, I, Jimmy, were you there for the TFC Open
2: Tryouts? Yeah. You were there for that, right? Did I, you try out for that? I, I did, yeah. And and Jimmy, went, I just, Jimmy won't went, remember this because I've got the video somewhere. Because I was, was it a bit? Were you doing a bit? It, it was a bit, yeah. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. And Jimmy was at one point giving his thoughts on my game. This is a long time ago now, and so was Mo Johnston as well. And they weren't very complimentary.
3: No, I can see that.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> they be myself, some shit. One hundred percent.
4: Remember how many people tried out? Enough.
2: There was a couple
4: tons. hundred, a couple hundred. Yeah, and
2: no one made it. I think one guy may have made like, you know, the second into camps or something, but he didn't last very long. It no. shows you it shows you that, you know, yeah. how many guys have actually fancied themselves a bit as a player and they get 100%. there saying like, nah, not Crushing even close. these dreams. It's quite funny actually. These guys who yeah. thought they were really it, yeah, and that's my chance, my opportunity, but they're actually shit yeah. compared yeah. to a professional. Then they're the ones like, Oh, it's all politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Fun times. Hey, Fun the best times. one is
1: the best one is when they go oh yeah I almost turned pro but I, I hurt my knee <laughs>
4: yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> or I pulled my hamstring
4: yeah
3: I had trials yeah. at uh, Manchester United
2: I could have been great yeah, it wasn't okay. for
3: me they wanted me to move I didn't want to move yeah my mum didn't want me to move to England by myself
0: that's yeah. it yeah, yeah. alright listen fellas we should probably call it a day just want to one more shout out before Sharm's closes up Carrie Ryan, our uh, retweeter par excellence Perfect. from the West Coast, just want to give you a big, big ups. You're you're killing it out there on the West Coast for us. Thank she's you. She's my Thank Uber you. driver. Yeah, Jimmy and I got a whole thing with Carrie, so it's, yeah, uh, she's it's amazing. The best.
3: Yeah. I have I have one a fan shout out as well. Jason Gibbons. Oh, Gibbons uh, is good. Jason Gibbons actually. Uh, so one of my edits, I I had omitted twenty three seconds of speech. And Jason Gibbons listening knew that there was an editing error. So he DM'd the account and said, uh, hey, bro, it's uh, silent between uh, this 23-second this gap here. I feel like you that's a mistake that you would like to correct. And uh, Jason, you are correct. Thank you. So I corrected that. So shout out to Jason Gibbons. All right, Jason Gibbons. How about Dave Starkey?
0: Starkey is always, always mentioned. Anyone who mention ever already. listens to us. Doug Simonite, Dougie Simms. Dougie, yeah. Alan Scholes, right. Yeah, Scoles. Chris Van Wegen.
2: We've got at least five mm. listeners in a regular Bergman, basis. It's good. Yep. It's good. All right, listen, we should go. Um, hope you enjoyed that. We're back again on Friday. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you all at the for West Ham and the
3: Europa oh, League God. tomorrow. See yes. and you. It's
0: Going to make it a 12-hour game. Sports.